thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, it's great to see all of you. Uh, If you're new to Radiant, my name's David, and uh, I get the privilege and honor of serving here as the pastor. I am so uh, grateful for Nathan. He did a great job last week. Can you give Pastor Nathan a big hand? So good. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And great job to the worship team today. I love it when Jacob starts with that song because he says, I'm calling on the God of Jacob. First time he sang that, I thought he wrote the song, but uh, they did such a great job and I love them. Can you just give the worship team a, a big hand? I'm so proud of them and love them. Yeah, so good. Uh, I was gone last week, but I uh, had a great time in California with my son, Dawson. Uh, we together were leading prayer meetings and speaking at a youth conference. And so uh, it's kind of fun. I never thought I'd be 46 and still speaking at youth conferences, but here we is, baby. And so uh, I-, I told Renata, I think this is like my hobby. You know, some guys golf. I do youth conferences into my 50s. That's what I'm going to do. And so anyway, uh, get, get exercise that way. Anyway, uh, you good? You feel all right? All right. Yeah, you look good. You look amazing. I love what God's doing. Just, I am living in a time where I'm so thankful for uh, God's faithfulness and his goodness and um, just seeing God at work in our lives as a church. Uh, Just so many great stories about what's taking place in prayer meetings and small groups and families and marriages. It's just, it's a delight. It's beautiful. Anyway, if you've got your Bibles, we're in this series and we've named it uh, Building Radiant Disciples. And here's why. Uh, We're headed into the season where God has provided for us, ooh, we're fixing to get an amen right here, God has provided for us a new building, yeah, 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 and so so, uh, anyway, I I wanted to take some time and talk about uh, what we're really building, we're building radiant disciples, and God has provided a space for us to gather, and the vision is not what is in the building, but what the building contains, and so we gather, and then we scatter, um, and so I want to just go after what it means to be a radiant disciple. And so we began a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about that journey. And, and really the, the way that we're talking about it is your journey with Jesus as a disciple of Jesus. And so we're talking about four words and it's kind of like four steps. Now, obviously you could put 25 steps, but we're trying to just start to narrow on your journey with the Lord, on your journey with Jesus, what it, what it looks like. And so the first word that we're using is the word rescued. It's, the, it's salvation, and we see Jesus rescuing people. We see Jesus helping people go from darkness to light. So what Rachel just said a moment ago, where she said, hey, on Easter, that is an opportunity for you to invite people and people that will never give you a yes during the year. Mike, 51 weeks out of the year, your, your best chance is on, on Easter Sunday. Uh, and that's our dream, is that people would say yes, come to know Jesus, and they would be rescued. You can remember the day where you said yes to following Jesus and he rescued you out of you being the Lord of your life. He rescued you being the savior, you being the one that's trying to help yourself out. And he set you on the narrow path and gave you eternal life. And we see that in in Jesus, even the way that Jesus with his 12, and just like we would see Jesus saying, follow me, leave to many people, leave your way of sin and follow me. 
and, and he's still rescuing people. And then the next step that we're talking about is being transformed. So the way that I used to be, my, my yesterdays don't have to control my future. Jesus wants to transform me. And we find a lot uh, in the way that Paul talks to different churches about being transformed into the image of Christ and starting to look like Jesus. And John says, anyone who claims to be in Christ must walk as Jesus did. And so we get to step out of the way that we used to be and be transformed into looking like Jesus. And so one of the ways that we do that here at Radiant is we really challenge you to step into being a disciple by through relationships and getting out of a row and getting in a small group and sitting in a circle and developing relationships. And so that's, that's one of the dreams that we have is that everyone would be an authentic disciple. It's easy to be casual Christian in subculture Christianity in the United States. But I think the dream is for all of us to slowly be transformed to look more and more like Jesus. And then this third one is empowered. And this idea of empowered, when we look at the disciples, is something that Jesus makes so clear. It takes the power of God to do the purposes of God. It takes the power of God at work inside of you for you to step into your calling, what God's called you to do. And then that last one is the word radiant. And this is, every, this is everything where you've said yes to your calling. So this is you being the light that when people see your good deeds, they praise your father in heaven. This is you stepping into what God's called you to do to be a disciple maker. This is what God's called you to do into giving and serving and praying and being a light, being what Jesus called you to do. This is other people that, that come to know Jesus because you lived in such a way or you relationally connected them in such a way that you help connect them to Jesus. And our, our dream and our goal is to help people be radiant disciples of Jesus. So with Easter coming, I'm actually talking about these over four different weeks. And, uh, and I'm going backwards. So I'm beginning with the end in mind. And we talked first about being radiant. And that's, that's the goal. That's the vision. That's where we're going. And today, um, I'm going to continue this series. And, and I want to talk about being empowered. Talk about being empowered to do your calling. Every single one of us have a calling. Every single one of us has God, something that God's called us to do. And... There's something that God's called our church to be. So there's an expression of what God wants to do through our church in this city. There's things that God wants to do around the world. There's young people that the Lord wants to touch because we were faithful. There's people who are poor, hurting, broken, that if we'll be faithful, God will use us. So there's an, an individual application. I think there can even be a family application. I know for me, I, I dream about my family being a radiant family. And if we as a family give our yes, then God will use, but it takes the power of God to step into that radiant calling. It takes God. On your own strength, you can't get there. On your own, I'm going to grip my teeth and I will do it. And many of us know what it's like to try to do, quote unquote, something great for God or to be faithful and then to just slowly burn out, slowly go in our own strength instead of God's strength. And that was never the plan. The plan is always for you to have supernatural power. The plan is for God at work in and through. Man, I'm preaching. I haven't even read the verse yet. Here we go. <laughs> Now let's read the verse. All right, here we go. Actually, I got a lot of Bible today. And so uh, get out your iPads because we're gonna read a lot or stare at the screen behind me, staring at a screen everywhere. So those of you that have pages, make them really loud so that we can all hear them. All right, Acts chapter one. Here we go. Reads like this, verse four. We're gonna start, we're gonna read a lot here. I want you to just, uh, so this is a lot. I'm gonna go Ephesians one, then we'll go, I'm sorry, I'm gonna go Acts one, then we'll go Ephesians one. One occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. So here's Jesus and Jesus uh, this, this is a command to his disciples. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait, interesting word. Very hard for us in our culture in our day, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. 
For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or days the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. Ooh, that's a good word. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses. So what's the power for? The power is to be a witness. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness. A witness is someone who tells what they've seen and what they've heard. So the power is not for entertainment. The power is not just for your own fun. The power is to make a difference. The power is to be a light. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Who's my witnesses? You're my witnesses. All right, I'll keep going. Sorry. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Intriguing, right before Jesus ascends into heaven, he's talking about power. And he's talking about being a witness. He's talking about power in order to be a witness. All right, Ephesians 1. And here's Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus. And I, 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 I want to read this because it's the same Greek word for power that Paul puts in Ephesians 1 as what we see Jesus saying they will have in Acts 1. It says this. Starting in verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Now, here's Paul's prayer. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and his, this is fun, incomparably. It just sounds like Princess Bride, like inconceivable. It's just, and his incomparably great power. So don't belittle it. Don't make it small. Don't make it less than it is. If you're uncomfortable with power, you don't get to define it. Incomparably great power for us who believe. That would be you. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him on his right hand and in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in, the, in this present age, but also in the one to come. Father, we love you today. And Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would help us to walk in the power that you have for us, that each one of us could do what you've called us to do. We pray that we would live as radiant disciples in a very dark world. I pray, Lord Jesus, that every marriage would step into being a radiant marriage that shines the light of Jesus, walking in covenant, serving one another. I pray for parents that are, that are making disciples of teenagers and children. I ask, Lord Jesus, for every young adult, every individual, every man, every woman, each one of us, God, we ask that we would not be casual, casual about the power of God. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would fill us with power. We pray that we would be people that don't shy away from the supernatural power of God at work in God's people in our day, in our generation. And just because we live in a wealthy nation and just because we have a lot of comforts and just because we have found a lot of ways to become busy, we ask that we would not live without the power of God. Fill us completely. In the same way, that Paul says to be filled in the same way that Paul prays that we would be filled in the same way that Jesus said to wait. We pray that we would wait. We pray that we would be filled. We honor you and we love you in Jesus name. Amen. Renata and I were uh, going to breakfast on Friday morning um, and we were going uh, just a little bit north about about 20 minutes. And uh, and 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 so it's a restaurant that we go to, you know, quite frequently. It's like our place. And she said, would you like me to map you? Now, I don't know if the word map is a verb. I don't know. I think it's a noun, but with, with, with our iPhone, she used it as a verb. Would you like me to map you to the restaurant? To which I said, why would I want that? Right? 
Because Renata and I are different when it comes to that app in the iPhone. Renata enjoys it. She likes it. Like it's her friend. It doesn't matter where she's going. It's just enjoyable for her to use that app. But for me, it's a pain point. If I can in any way go without it, I do not want it. Right? Because I, I desire to get there without it. So I looked right back at her and kind of snapped just a little bit, a little marriage confession. I said, why would I want that? Because inside of me is this, I can do it by myself. I don't need some help. Renata, if she's going to the neighbor's house, she'll push, put, in, put it in maps. You know what I mean? She, she, it's, it's not even a thing for her. It's just, it's just part of it. But that independence thing in me says, I don't want it. If I can do it without it, I don't want it. And I think many of us, because we live in a time where we have such an abundance and we live, in a, we, we live with so much, I think it's easy for you and I to take that power aspect of Christianity and say, I think I could do this without me, so without, without that, so I think I'll go without it. I'm not going to pursue it. And, and we're, I'm even a little bit bugged by it. And a lot of times there's people that bug you, the packaging of the way that the power of God has come across on television or on TV or on some weird person that you know. We tend to take three steps back on power and because the packaging was something that we didn't like, we reject the power of God. But I want to invite you not to reject the power of God. I want to invite you not to think that because you don't like some person, some TV show, some preacher, some, some bizarre small group. I've been to that one. Because um, I did that. Because I remember, I remember being 23 years old. I went to a small group with Renata. It was a very strange small group. And then I had a negative reaction to the people and it took me five years to recognize that actually there was something beautiful in the scriptures that, that they were pursuing. They were just, it wasn't that God's weird, it's those people were weird, okay? And, and they just were. I mean, it's just, some people are weird. And, and, and so, and so I, wanna, I wanna invite you to look at what Jesus is saying when he says to wait on the power of God or what Paul is praying. Or, and, and Paul over and over is pushing for power. And I wanna invite you not to be casual on power. I think it's easy for us because we are, we, we live in a consumer culture where we get to pick out all of our insurance. We get to pick out what we wear. We get to pick out so many things. We do that with Christianity and we'll do it with church. And I'm not comfortable with this. I don't like this. I'm not asking you to, to do this with church. I'm asking you in your own life with the power of God, you're used to going through the Chipotle line and saying, I want double chicken and I want no sour cream and I want no cheese. So at least that's my dream. You know, that's what I'm trying to do, right? Like, okay. And, and extra vegetables. And I'm going to, I'm going to not do this. And I'm going to do this. And oftentimes many people that I know, that's what they do with the power of God. And, I, and I'm not saying that in judgment. I'm saying that because I was there. I was there in my 20s. I was there in a moment where I said, yes, I believe. And then I got around a bunch of strange people and I took, up, took back five steps. Like, this is, I'm not, I don't know what I think, right? So let's just look at the word of God, not base our action based upon experience, but let's base it on what we read, what Jesus wants for us, what Jesus wants for you and not take steps back. This Greek word is, is the word dunamis. Right, and it's, it's the same word that we get, the word dynamite. And it's speaking of real power, like not casual, but the real power of God. And so when we're singing that song, I'm calling on the God of Jacob. I'm calling on the God of David. If you're on staff, you can get your name on there too. Just kidding. All right. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, we didn't write that song. Someone else did. I don't know. It just cracked me up. Uh, 
but, but, but when, we read the, when we hear those stories, it's about the power of God. Oh, I've got my own Goliath was the lyric that we just sang. And, and all throughout the Old Testament, we see God at work with power. In the New Testament, we see God at work with power. And it's easy for you and I to, to be content without power. And I want to invite you to not be content without power. I want to invite you. The call of God that's on your life requires the power of God to accomplish the call of God on your life. The call of God on this church requires the power of God for us to accomplish what God's called us to do. There's a whole lot of good things that we think that we can do without the power of God and in the end we'll fail. But if we have the power of God, who knows what God can do through this church? Who knows what God can do through your marriage? Who knows what God can do through you? And so I think it's easy for us. Um, I remember years ago uh, when I was, I was in an intern program and, and we, I, I asked a guy to drive the van to California and he seemed sharp and I thought he was competent. And then I'd been driving for so long. I went and I slept and I woke up. We're on the side of the road. And I said, what's wrong? Did the van break down? And he said, no, I just forgot to get gas. And we're in the middle of the desert. And I, you just have that feeling like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> it's the easiest thing in the world to just get gas, my brother. And oh, the absurdity of you find yourself on the side of the road, you ran out of power, and you just stay there. And I found so many people, that's what they do. Because they figured out a way with no power in their Christian life, though, I can just punt on power and engage in piety. And I'll, just, I'll, I'll have some, some good disciplines. Or I'll punt on power and I'll be popular. What's up? I can answer. I, I'm known on Instagram. I'm, I, might not, I might not have power with God, but I'll have popularity with people. I, I've seen some people that, hey, let's pull back on the power of God at our church and let's just have a good presentation, baby. Let's just make it slick, make it nice. And I'm all right with some, you know, I, let's, let's, let's have those other things. But if you have presentation or piety without the power of God, I'm telling you, it takes the power of God in our midst or in time, in time, there's inevitable burnout side of the road. So you might have this vision. I'm headed to California. You might have this vision. I'm going to fulfill the call of God on my life. Our family's going to fulfill the call of God. The only way that you'll get there is if you say, God, we need you. I need, I, that's why I love that song that we're singing. I'm calling on the God. I need you. I, I, I desire, I need your power to accomplish it. And so I want to invite, I want to just ask you three questions today. Um, the first one is this, does your calling require the power of God? If you were to verbalize what God's called you to do, when you picture where this thing's going to conclude for you, and you know, um, whether we're talking about spiritual gifts or just talking about, and faithfulness, but talking about what God has called you to do, does it take God supernaturally opening up doors? Does it take God supernaturally providing? Does it take God at work for you to accomplish? If you were to verbalize, this is what I'm called to do. And all of you have something that God's called you to do. Oh, I like these two front row guys, man. Let's see, you guys, that's good. That's, amen, let's go. Amen, that's right. I was just thinking, because when Jesus says this, Matthew chapter four, when he invites the disciples to follow him, think about Think about the challenge for them. Follow me. And if you could just take a moment, and if you're Peter, James, and John, and you're a young fisherman, potentially teenage fisherman, I mean, fairly good looking if it's the chosen, you know, like just. <laughs> Which I don't believe, by the way. I don't know. 
I just think that's for show. <laughs> that could be insecurity, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But when you, when you, when you look at these, when you look at these disciples and they have the, they are invited to follow Jesus and where they're going eventually from broken fishermen to where we will be here in Acts 1 and 2, to eventually being these guys that Peter stands and preaches at Pentecost. Instead of a, just a great haul of fish hauling in souls, publicly preaching. I mean, looking in Acts chapter 3, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk, walking in power. If you, if you look at the journey to get to from where they were to where they ended up, they could never achieve it by just being good fishermen. It took the power of God at work inside of them. It's true for those disciples, it's true for you. It's true for you to accomplish those pieces, what God's called you to do. And so I would love for, to where we get to start to verbalize and say, this is what God's called me to do. And, and I am desperate in need of desiring and asking or waiting, Acts 1, waiting on God for his power. What I have found in ministry, I started, I, I began youth conferences in 1995, stepped into local church work um, in 1997. And, um, and one of the things, this is my own term and it might be a full term, but I, I feel like it's easy for you and I to go on, with, on, when it comes to power, the power of God to go on cruise control. To just, to just, I, I, I have found other ways because I have so much technology. I found a way to get an income. I found a way to do these other things. And so I'm no, because I'm no longer dependent on the power of God, I'm gonna live a life without the power of God. And it could be that our comfort and our wealth and our abundance becomes the thing that, that, that hinders us and keeps us from accomplishing the purposes and the calling of God because we've substituted comfort and we're not walking in power. This week, um, I was talking to, I have two, uh, I have a 17-year-old and an 18-year-old. So Doss is 18 and Liv is 17. And um, they were telling me about all my failings as a father in teaching them to drive. <laughs> and um, they said, Dad, I just discovered, I, <laughs> I'm so good at it, I can't remember what it's called. I just, I just discovered cruise control, that's it. I just discovered, you never taught us about cruise control. And so I got a little scolded from my kids, like cruise control is awesome. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I never, I never, I never thought about teaching you about cruise control. It just never crossed my mind. But today I kind of want to, I kind of want to pastor like a parent because <laughs> I think it's easy for us to live on cruise control. Stop, stop accelerating and asking, figure out a way to be comfortable and just coast. Just, just. Just do what's easy. I just, I'll do, a, I'll, I'll, I'll do a few things. David, can you just say something easy and nice so that I can just not have to press, not have to accelerate? Let me tell you this. When we look at the early church, when you look at places around the world, it's very easy for them to with joy be delighted in the power of God because they've seen it and they need it. 
And so it could be that the fact that we figured out a way to live without, be content without, maybe it's not your friend. Maybe the greatest thing that you could lock in with is if, if, if there's power available, God wants to pour out his power. There's more that he wants to do through our church. There's more that he wants to do through the capital C church around the world. There's more he wants to do through me. There's more that he wants to do through my family. Then I'm desperate for it. Uh, I had one of the men in our church um, come to me and say, I am so excited about what God has done in the provision for this building. And he said, the way that our church has pressed and believed in faith that God would provide has now pushed me personally. I've watched that narrative unfold from the moment that we said, we don't know what God has for us. All we know is that God's gonna provide a place to God providing the finances and the space to purchase the building, just that segment. And he said, as I have watched that unfold on Sundays, he said, now I'm believing God that he has a calling for me and I'm gonna start stepping out in faith so that I see the power of God provide the power of God at work. And I wanna invite you to that narrative. I wanna invite you not just with our church, but when you see other people. When you get around what Tozer called the fellowship of the burning hearts, when you get around people that are going after God and you see the power of God in their midst, don't write them off and say, it just doesn't work, it work out for me. Be encouraged and say, I want, I want power. I'm gonna ask God for power. I wanna invite you to switch narratives of cruise control and chill mode and hangout mode to you will receive power when the whole, dynamite, dunamis, power. So the next thing I wanna invite you to do is to wait on God. This is what Jesus told the disciples to do in Acts 1.4. He says, I want you to wait. Very interesting that before, I, before you get the, the privilege of being my witnesses. Spend a season, 10 days, and wait. You'll be surprised how as you add waiting on God, being with him. Ooh, David preached on being with Jesus. Imagine that. <laughs> as you wait on God, how he will give you supernatural power in the waiting when you're with him. So the Christian life has a different success a different touchdown, a different bullseye than the world. The world will tell you one way of being successful. Here's the touchdown. Here's the win of the Christian life. You're with him and you're obedient. What? You want me to stand up and preach in Acts chapter two? I, I'm, Jesus, I was denying you to servant girls. You, you want me? You want me to look at the man who can't walk? You want to do miracles through me? If you'll take time to wait on God, be with him, spend time with him, even when it seems challenging in your culture and you think to walk in the power of God seems foreign because the people around me and where I work at my college, at my, wherever you are, it seems, I want to invite you. Wait on God like we see the disciples and you'll start to see the power of God. Hudson Taylor, the famous missionary to China, every day prayed this prayer. Lord Jesus, make thyself to me a living, bright reality. So Lord Jesus, you are a greater reality. Make it bright. Let me see it. Let me be with you. I love in that Acts chapter uh, one and two text where they wait on God and then they step into some, some spiritual practice. So there's power 
And then Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves and we see them devoting themselves to prayer, to breaking of bread, to teaching. So it's not either or. A lot of churches will go either or. Big on power, but not big on practice. Not, we wanna be both. We wanna be really big on teaching and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. And right at the center, it's like the engine, the power of God at work. God, just pumping, pumping, pumping. So sometimes you'll see, like for me, I, I, when I was uh, in, in the year 2001, I went and visited Hernhut, Germany. And I loved the story of this little community where they had a prayer culture that led to great evangelism. Great opportunity to take the gospel around the world. Many times we'll go either or. But here in your own life and in our church, I dream about us having prayer and power and then consistent formation, seeking God, God at work, God doing this, God through us being faithful as we serve, faithful as we lead a small group, faithful as we give, faithful as we, but it takes God, God working supernaturally, God God at work. It's the, it's the God power. It's the God at work on our own strength. It'll become, it'll become burnout and boring. But when there's, when there's, when you're able to see that it's God, I've been with him and he's poured out his spirit, God at work. Oh, then there's delight and there's joy. And I, I see it in our church. I see it in your own life. I see you waiting on him. I see us waiting on him. I dream about in our new building, a prayer chapel where we gather together and man, Wednesday nights, or Monday nights, it's just alive. And the prayer meeting is ablaze where people are gathering to pray and are waiting on God. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So he would say that to us. You'll receive power. So you start to, you start to say, God, I, I don't wanna live without that. I love Psalm 34 We've built our whole church around this. Those who look to him are radiant. And Psalm 34 verse eight is where it says, taste and see of his goodness. Taste and see. There's this beauty of, 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 of more, than, more than just going through the motions. I wanna taste and see. And I wanna invite you to that vision for your own life. Taste and see of his power. And there's, you, you, you get in a little river where you just, like for me, <laughs> I've told you this before, but I love it. I was driving with my 17-year-old daughter, uh, Olivia, the other day, and she said, Dad, what happened to you? I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you've suddenly turned into the miracle guy. You're always talking about miracles all of a sudden, right? Well, well you know what happened to me? A couple of miracles, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. This isn't, this isn't just theoretical. This isn't just dream talk. This isn't just like one of those sponsored ads to the Ritz-Carlton where I see it, but I've never been there, you know? That's what, that's what we do with, with, with the miracles of God. Oh, we'll hear about it at church. Tell me a story about a revival, but I've never seen it. But that moment, it's not just some sponsored ad. It's been off. I've seen God heal. I've seen God provide. I've seen God open doors for evangelism. There's no way that heart would be soft. God did that. And all of a sudden, you get your toe in that river and you're singing, I call upon the God of Jacob. I call upon the God of David. I don't remember anybody else in that song, just me and Jacob. 
I call upon the God of Mary. I do remember. <laughs> You've been at work before. Do it again. God, let's go. I want to. I, I want to see it. So, last question is: Will you let God's power flow through you? Just that simple. When you when you look at your own life, just like the, just like a Peter and John began a journey, and I was thinking about how their life could have gone. Their life could have gone where they ended with a, a great house on the Sea of Galilee. You know, just, just a little more comfort, a little less risk. But in order to end up where they're seeing global evangelism get started, just the birth of the church in Acts, miracles, go on the journey with Jesus, it took power. I think many of us, this is what I mean when I say cruise control. I think many of us just, we want to just, I'll, I'll take, tell you what, David, I'll, I'll take rescued. I'll take transformed to the degree that it makes my life better because I like my life being better. And I think, I think we start there. Like, I think there's the most beautiful thing is God rescuing us. And we like little children, like all of us want to be rescued. And all of us, once we've tasted and seen that he's good, we go, yeah, I want some transformation. And I want to invite you to keep taking steps because that same God that rescued you in salvation, he's the God. You will actually enjoy what he has for you when you experience transformation. And then when this empowerment thing is not just for those crazy people and you stop here at transformation. No, but when you say in order for me to accomplish what God has for me. And that's what I loved about the talk with this, with this guy because he was, he, I, he was doing the math. He was doing the math. He's, wow, I, I, I've watched this, this little church dream go from a little prayer meeting in a house to just little step by step, just God doing more, God doing more, God doing more. And then he started to do the math in his own life. And he didn't, I didn't ask him about it. He made it his own confession. I have seen God work powerfully in what he's doing for our church. And I know that I, he's calling me to more. But he, you could feel the tension in his heart because he knew it would mean stepping out and believing in the power of God, waiting on, calling on the name, of, waiting on God. God, I need you. God help. 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says this, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not wise, were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. This could be all of our confession. Hey, not too bright. Didn't necessarily make double digits on the ACT when I was 18. Can't necessarily do this and that. but I came with power, power of God. And that leads to radiance. That leads to a light. That leads to God at work. Dallas Willard said, the general human failing is to want what is right and important, but at the same time, not to commit to the kind of life that will produce the action we know to be right and the condition we want to enjoy. This is the feature of the human character that explains why the road to hell is paved with good intentions. We intend what is right, but we avoid the life that would make it a reality. That's a professor's way of saying, obey God. Be obedient. 
the action needed to accomplish what he's called us to. So your steps, I think that first one, what's he called you to? That's a faith step. All right, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna define what Jesus has for me instead of cruise control, you know what cruise control is for you. You know what it looks like for you to just, just chill, baby, just cruise all the way in versus there's people that are sitting out here right now who have said yes to adoption. There's people sitting in the, right here that have said yes to serving. There's people in here that have said yes to, to global evangelists. People in here that have said yes to a marriage that is in, very intentional to be a bright light to their children. There's, there's some of you, even as I'm talking about it, you've got, I, you know, even as you wait on God, you start to know, this is what cruise control looks for, like for me. And this is what the calling of God looks on my life. It's a faith step. I think waiting on God is a prayer step. I think we gotta do it individually. I think we should do it in our marriages. I think you hold the hand of your spouse when you're driving and turn off ESPN radio for a little bit and just pray together. Ooh, wow, that's intense. It's actually not that intense. It's actually, you'd be surprised. Oh, I don't know, me and my spouse, we're not really into that kind of thing. Yes, you are. <laughs> Become that, right? Like, like, yeah, it's, it's okay. We can, you, you could take, you could take a, a prayer step in your marriage just fine. That'd be, you'd be surprised. I mean, when I was a youth pastor, I didn't let people, kids pray together because I was like, man, they'll start, they start praying together. They'll get married, right? Like, oof, like it's, you know what I'm saying? That's a true story. <laughs> Very, take, take, I think it starts as a face step. I think it goes to that wait on God, that Acts 1-4, wait on the Lord. And you'll start to see little opportunities. Open up your eyes to where God might move in power. And then you'll, you'll end in an obedience step. Obedience is always uncomfortable. Obedience is always an action step that never feels like on the front side, oh, this is gonna feel good. It always feels like faith, power, step out. I'm calling on the God of Jake. I need you now. Oh, I need you now. Come, I'm gonna say yes to this extravagant yes. And God, if you don't come through, well, I'm gonna look like a fool or I'm gonna, or whatever, whatever, I'm gonna be less comfortable. And these are also the people that come back and go, whoo, I saw him walk. I looked at him, I said, silver and gold I do not have, but in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. I was once just, I was just a guy, a fisherman that told servant girls I could, I denied him. Then I stepped into leading an Acts 2 revival telling you it takes that faith step that prayer step and finally to see the power of God it's just okay I'll obey it's amazing God's delight over just simple obedience just concluding thought as I was reading Ephesians 5 which is a famous text that just says do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the Holy Spirit and I was just thinking about in Roman culture where they had drinking parties where they just got filled up and drunk over and over again. I was thinking about our culture and just our response. It's like our culture, well, you could easily go, that one for sure. But even more than that, or in addition to that, you go, don't, don't get drunk on Netflix where entertainment breeds perpetual apathy, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Don't get drunk on social media that produces perpetual anxiety, fear, comparison. But do overdo this. Do get drunk on. Do be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't get drunk on shopping and perpetual searching for cars and houses and properties and clothes and everything online, which leads to materialism and disappointment and discontentment. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And a decrease in those other things with an increase of the Spirit will lead to an increase of the power of God. We are stepping into a hundred little miracles. I know that because I just heard that song for the first time last night. A hundred little miracles. Just little miracles. Just God at work. John Wesley, when he encountered the Holy Spirit, he said, I, I felt my heart strangely warmed. Charles Finney, when he described it, he said, the Holy Spirit descended on me like waves of liquid love. That's a great name for a small group. Liquid. What are you talking about? Liquid love. What I want to invite you to do is this. I want to invite you to that faith step. I want to invite you to a prayer step. And then ultimately it'll be an obedient step. And you'll look back and go, only God could do that. Only God in our families, in our marriages, in our bold witness. Over and over again in Acts, when you get this power, the word refers to boldness or signs and wonders. Power, power to be a witness. To speak it with our words, speak it with our lives. It's actually, you're the vessel that God wants to use. Every time that you say, I, I want to choose my comfort over the power of God, it's a form of compromise that keeps us from being radiant, that keeps us from being what God's called us to be. So it's constantly coming back and saying, okay, God, on my own, I will always choose compromise. I will always choose comfort. I will always choose cruise control. I will always do what's easy. But with God, but because of God, but because of a different narrative, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Kansas City, in the Midwest, in the U.S., to the ends of the earth. Will you bow your heads with me? If you don't mind, you just mind holding out your hands like this. Let me just, I want to pray over you. Father, I ask, as we read about Paul having an encounter with the Holy Spirit that leads to being a witness. As we see the disciples encountering the Holy Spirit leads to witness, boldness, signs and wonders gospel proclamation, evangelism that touched the ends of the earth. Father, I ask, would you pour out your spirit on Radiant Church today? Holy Spirit, come. Power of
of God. We need you. You're welcome here. Come and heal. Come and restore. Come and give vision. I pray that callings would open up. Destinies would be achieved. We honor you. Today, you'd like to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Let him rescue you from sin and darkness and step into light. You're going on a journey with Jesus. There's a, there's a lifetime of dialogue with him, but you can begin that journey today by starting the conversation and saying, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior today. I repent. I'm trying to save myself. I repent of being Lord of my own life. You be my Lord. You be my Savior. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's all stand together. I want to invite our ushers to come forward. We're going to sing this song as we close. I'd like to invite you today to not just let this be a kind of a closing ceremony. Let this be a closing conversation with God. I'm calling on you. I need your power. Father, we love you today. I pray your blessing, favor. I pray that the, I pray that the, the word of God would be in us like a fire. I pray that the spirit of God would be in us. I pray that the power of God would be in us. I pray that we would see God at work, a thousand little miracles, hundred little miracles where the church just keeps moving. The church of Jesus Christ just keeps penetrating the darkness, being a light in a dark world. We pray, Lord God, help us. As we wait upon you, fill us with your power, dunamis power, power that, that you use, Lord God, your, your weak, broken people to be bright lights. In Jesus' name.